to another episode of The Running Elephant. I'm Nigel Sullivan, Boopa's Chief Sustainability and People Officer. Today, I'm really pleased to say we're joined by Tara Lajamuki, our Chief Transformation and Strategy Officer. Tara joined us, it seems like longer, but Tara joined <laughs> us only in September 2023. Hi, Tara. Welcome to The Running Elephant, your first one. Thank you, Nigel. Very excited to be here. Very good. Well, I'm sure our listeners will be absolutely delighted that you're here and I want to know more about you and what you're up to. But um, maybe start a little bit about you and your background. Mm. Um, Can you tell us a bit about you, your career so far? It'd be great to hear that. Yes, absolutely. Um, So if you exclude my bartending stint through university and started with my professional career, um, which pretty much kicked off at Goldman's. I started off as an associate on a graduate program. I had an amazing opportunity to work with some pretty talented individuals, particularly across the investment management division. And I guess I labeled this part of my career as building the foundations. So this chapter is all about learning as much as I can from really great people, understanding the fundamentals of business, of financial services, obviously, but also really practical things like operations. So I had the opportunity to work on projects as diverse as trying to set up our Middle Eastern operations within private wealth management, all the way through to working with the asset management team to design a new set of investment products for central banks. Um, And I think if you then fast forward to the sort of second chapter through business school, which also helped me start to build the fundamentals for my leadership style, The second chapter of my professional career was probably more around expanding my knowledge across sectors. So really honing my business skills. So primarily in consulting, where I actually started off with the NHS. Um, I did a couple of projects, including redesigning A&E pathways for London hospitals. Um, Very exciting. And started my love affair with healthcare. Um, As I say, um, never quite found a permanent opportunity to work in healthcare, but had a couple of things that I always managed to squeeze into my work, but had a great chance to work across, again, lots of sectors, variety of projects from customer growth through to business model innovation, et cetera. And then the final chapter, um, fast forward through consulting was, I guess I could call this, finding my North Star. Um, So here it was all about taking all of the experience that I built over several decades and applying that to something that I felt very passionate about, which was building sustainability, business sustainability for an organization that was really trying to change the world. Um, so media, as as many people framed, it was sort of under attack. Um, if you can remember, this is sort of just pre-COVID and Trump, et cetera. Um, and you had many media organizations that were literally dying <laughs> um, for a number of reasons, you know, threats to the sort of traditional revenue stream of prints and yeah. advertising and so on. Um, so the opportunity to 
not only just build a business to really help this, you know, 135 year old institution to survive. This is when you work for the FT. And Nikkei, exactly. Um, But also to help other organizations in the industry as well. That was fantastic. You know, it's everything from setting the vision, building the culture, hiring people, weren't able to pay them the best. Um, So I really had to dig deep to try and get people to Mm -hmm. join me on this potentially risky journey. But that was incredibly exciting and humbling as well. Um, I guess maybe the final thing to say if I was to think about all sorts of three chapters, um, obvious things, I've tended to focus on strategy and transformation, really passionate about purpose and values driven organizations. But also I think the thing that has really been a key factor for me is people. Mm. Um, Whether it's early on in my career, finding great people that I can learn from, but also people who gave me the opportunity to thrive, who made me matter, um, all the way through to pre-Booper, trying to get great people to join me on the journey and to do something really powerful. Um, And part of the reason why I ended up at Booper is I saw that um, in abundance. Actually, you were the first person I met with, weren't you? In my mm, own. Despite that, you, you still joined. You, like, <laughs> you looked past all of the, yes. Um, but no, but I think just yeah. every single person yeah. that I spoke to through my Booper journey has just reinforced this belief in we're trying to do something really powerful. Yeah. Um, and we've got great talent, we've got a great purpose, and lots of passion across the group yeah okay well, the opportunity yeah. to be a part of that was too too exciting to resist all right well okay we'll come back to that in a second uh, thanks for that I, just, I mean did you when you were at school and, and through your education sort of uh years did you target did you business as a place you wanted to go it sounds like you did i never re- asked you that before but yeah we didn't really get into that when we were talking uh, when we first met but i mean was that what you wanted to do and why if it was yeah, yeah, so it's very traditional West African family. I only had three options. So I could only be a, a lawyer, an engineer, or a doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, my yeah. father was an engineer. Right. Um, so I was definitely seen as a bit of a rebel. But I mean, to be honest, secondary school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Right. I know, I, I knew I wanted to make a difference. Yeah. Um, as I started to get through sixth form, I really enjoyed business and the complexity and the multifaceted nature of problems and opportunities. So I definitely started to gravitate towards that. Um, But yeah, but as I I did my summer internship in my penultimate year at university with Goldman's, I knew I didn't want to continue with bartending. (laughs) I haven't done it for two summers. Um, But yes, but I was exposed to the world of business in all of its glory and intensity. And I absolutely loved it. I loved the energy. I loved the learning. So yes, by that stage, it was something I wanted to do. I mean, back to Booper, really. I mean, um, I guess we, we met... Probably initially about a year ago, probably Gosh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it would have been. Um, I mean, what have your impressions been of Booper since you've joined? I mean, good and maybe not so good. What, what, what? what you know, you never really know until you get to a place what it's really going to be like. Yes. You know, so and, uh, we do try to be honest with people about what they're coming into. You know, and these jobs are big jobs, and yeah. you know, there's no script for it. Um, how, how's it been? 
It's been good. It's it's been intense. <laughs> it is an amazing organization. Um, like I said, first and foremost, the people. Yeah. Um, every single person has been welcoming, supportive. And like you say, having worked with or for many an organization, you tend to start to get quite skeptical of these ambitious purposes and mm. you know values-based culture every organization is like values driven and mission driven etc trying to so, anyway exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so i definitely came in with a bit of you know yeah. hint of skepticism um but it has been incredible to see the level of consistency that exists in the organization for our purpose you know whether it's when i was at sanitas one of the hospitals one of the cleaning supervisors who I just happened to sort of have a very brief mm. chat with as I was going into the lift. It's just like, oh, it's all about the customer and happily yeah, mopping because yeah. they want the customers to feel at home and safe and clean all the way through to, you know, colleagues in Hong Kong who are trying to think about innovative ways to use AI to enhance the customer experience with, you know, symptom checkers, etc. So, yes, yeah, so I absolutely feel like I am part of a community of people who care deeply about what we do, who we do it for, and how we do it. And that's great. You don't yeah. get that in many no, organizations no. and it's hard to take for granted. No, but it's it's, for, uh, no, well, it's special. Talked about it many times on this podcast and the running elephant, but it's 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 very runs very deep, you know, and that's that's a that's and it's hard to replicate. Hard it is replicate. very hard to replicate. Yeah. You know, in my role yeah. as strategy, you know, we think about all of these fancy frameworks, yeah. et cetera, and how do you build a competitive advantage that ideally is stickly and irreplaceable or hard to copy, et cetera. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so great people, great passion. Um, and I'm so excited about where we are trying to get to as an organization. Yeah. I think if we can crack healthcare in a truly customer-centric way, in a way that harnesses the full potential of things like AI, like we've talked about, et cetera, we can make such a profound difference across the world. Yeah. So that just, every time I get up and I think, oh my gosh, I've got another steering committee to go to at Aiton, 10,000 pages to review, that's what gets me going and yeah. that's what gets me really excited. So transformation and strategy, yeah. that's your, your, your job title. What are you up to? What What are your priorities? Um, I would have actually said the second part to that question around great things, first impressions of Bupa. I think some of the opportunities that we really need to face into are some of the themes that we are really trying to think about and address um, within strategy. So transformation and strategy, we are in the final year of Elephant 3x6. So first priority for us, finish the Elephant on a strong note. Let's get as close to 40, 60, 80 as we can. And we know that there are a number of things that have a disproportionately higher impact on those goals. So Bluer, as an example, is really moving the needle for the 60. And Bluer is our digital, our digital, digital offering, really, yeah, exactly. globally. Exactly, yeah. globally. Yeah. And we've got, you know, a few other digital propositions across other countries branded differently, but the idea is to try and get as much alignment globally 
and support that from group as well with marketing campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. So Elephant 3x6, strong finish in 24. The other thing we're doing in parallel is we are building our new strategy for the 25 to 27 period. So the successor to the elephants. And this is why I think we have a great opportunity to build on the many fantastic things about Vupa, our assets, strategic advantages like our payvider model. So the fact that we've got funding as well as provision businesses as well, huge competitive advantage. And that was, it wasn't always seen like that, you know. Interesting. But, you know, but before you arrived and before the elephant got here, it was almost like they were, they were almost like in many places seen as separate things and, and not connected together, you know. And wow. I, I mean, what a, <laughs> you know, but we've, that's been proven wrong, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, a huge advantage for us. Yeah. yeah. And, you yeah. know, one that we have to protect, we can't be complacent with because yeah. there are others that are noticing and are starting to yeah, move into this sure. space. Yeah. So how do we really double down on this model? How do we ensure that, you know, fundamentally what it is, you know, despite all the fancy words is, it is being able to serve our customers over more of their journey, right? So not just thinking about how they access healthcare, private healthcare, but also the delivery of that service as well. So how can we even do more of that? And how can we do it better? Particularly thinking about things like digital and care at home and other places outside of traditional settings like hospitals, et cetera. So we're building the, the new strategy, which we're very excited about. And as part of this, we really need to face into important opportunities and gaps. So another obvious one that we've talked about, Nigel, data. Right. Um, is, this, is this about the power of data or the getting our act together on data? What, what, what sort of end of it? Or is it maybe, maybe I think it's both. It's both. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess if the problem statement is how do we get higher quality data and how do we use that in really powerful ways for customers, colleagues, and our overall community, right? So there are other actors, you know, thinking about even the NHS, right? How do we help connect our data sources yeah. so that the customer yeah. has a comprehensive view of health when they choose to go to public sector or, or private? So, so I think there's a lot that we need to do to your point around really just getting comfortable around data understanding what good data looks like and where we are today and how we close the gap. And that's not the responsibility of just the data or the technology or the strategy division. It's definitely a responsibility that we should all feel really excited about. And we have a few projects like the Data Density Scorecard, which some of you may have heard of. But you know, I think thinking beyond that, just think about in your day-to-day, -day, how can you contribute to this goal of better data, but also how can you start to think about ways that we could use it to improve the customer experience or customer improvement ideas, et cetera. Okay, okay, very important area. Yes, um, it is. Not an easy one, but no, absolutely important. No, no, I, I guess, I mean, I guess with data, the, the structure of it, the quality of it, whilst the, you know, technology now can overcome some of it, you still need to get that right, don't you? Otherwise, it, it's, it doesn't give you the right things it doesn't it, it just doesn't and rubbish in rubbish out is what you get <laughs> just about that... to garbage in garbage yeah, out yeah, I mean, yes problem, absolutely yeah, yeah. people forget that sometimes you know it's not a lot of this stuff is there's no magic formula for no. this stuff you've got to get got to do the hard yards yeah completely agree yeah. completely
Um, the team you've mm. got, we know them very well. They're mm. small, small, very, very capable team team of people, and obviously your network across Booper Group. And one of the things we've, I think, we've done really well um, in in recent years is the is this methodology for customer improvement. Mm. You know, which I I hadn't seen before, to be honest with you, before joining Booper. But I mean. Is that still a, a big priority in, in, from your point of view as, as you know, strategy and transformation? Absolutely. I think it's critical. Whenever we think about Elephant or our new strategy, it always goes back to the customer, which is great as it's at the heart of our ambition and purpose. Um, so yes, I think our customer system, which includes listening to the customer, absolutely remains essential, right? So again, thank you to everyone who has really jumped into this initiative to listen, but also to contribute. I think we absolutely need to continue to understand as the world around us changes and including our customers as well, what customers are thinking, how they're responding to our services, the interactions they have with us, et cetera, the good and the bad. You know, I think one of the things that we are looking to push is how do we continue to learn from detractor calls? You know, when people are unhappy, things haven't gone as well, as well as the things that we do really well, so promoters, so that yeah. we can replicate that even more widely. I think the other thing as well that we're starting to think about, and I was speaking to Inyakia about this actually just a few days ago, is around how we enable the customer system. So yes, we've got our customer listening app, Yes, we do a number of things like sending out surveys regularly and so on. How do we amplify that from an organizational level? So at the moment, we've got micro moment owners who are doing a fantastic job of really trying to gather all of those insights and data points to translate it into initiatives that hopefully drives NPS. But again, there's more that we can be doing outside of those micro moment owners. So we're really trying to think about how we start to move more to an agile squad mindset where it's fixing customer issues isn't just the responsibility of a micro moment owner or a customer director. Everyone really can contribute, whether you're in data or whether you are in risk. So really starting to, to think about how we create this sort of squad concept. So again, I'd encourage people to, if they haven't, reach out to their micro-moment owners or customer teams to really think about how they can get involved beyond what we currently have, which is, you know, listening and suggesting ideas online. Okay, that's great. Great advice, and I'm sure people will respond to that. Um, Look, Tara, just, uh, you you clearly, you know, we've known each other over the last year, a very purpose-driven person. Um, You said before you were attracted to the purpose of Bupa. I mean... What does purpose mean to you in your life? Purpose for me means doing things for a reason that is bigger than me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so so beyond personal gain, beyond profit, beyond something beyond. Exactly. And it's actually sad to say for a long time professionally. um, And again, I, I, I take huge pride in the work that I did in the organizations that I worked for, particularly in these sorts of early chapters of my career. But I would say it was really 
probably more self-serving, right? It was about finding the sort of those challenging companies to get into and proving that I could get in. It was getting promoted quickly or, um, uh, and obviously learning in the process, et cetera. But, but I think definitely in this phase, I've really tried to challenge myself. And it's not always easy um, to think about what I want my legacy to be. Yeah. Think about how I translate all of my experience, skills, opportunities to deliver impact at scale that can benefit, yes, my organization, but also the communities that we operate in, the people that we care about. So it's, I mean, Bupa is a perfect platform to do that, right? If you think again about our mission, but you know, I also think it's the stuff that we do that sort of sits outside of our formal responsibilities, right? So for example, it's diversity and inclusion. Um, I had the opportunity to meet with a couple of great people who are doing fantastic work for the Dora Network. And just really thinking about- That's a women's network within Bupa for those listeners that don't know what that is. Exactly. Um, And they're doing some fantastic work around thinking about how we really level the playing field and how we give everyone across Bupa a fair opportunity to thrive and to make a difference. And that for me feels very purposeful. It's one of my my goals, which Inyaki has approved. Um, so yeah, so I think it's just constantly thinking about how do I make a difference? How do I deliver on that desire to do something that's greater than myself? But also how do I empower people on the journey? Because yeah. it's not just about that destination, it's about how you get there. Well, you can feel your energy and passion come through that and just keep going is my, my advice. Oh, it's great to hear it, you. Tara. Um, look, I think I think we're, we're, we're pretty much there, thereabouts uh, today. So um, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. I hope you find the conversation interesting and useful. And if you have any questions or comments, as usual, you can email us at runningelephant at Bye for now.